This is the 99 Black Podcast. Welcome to episode 40. Oh, crap. One day, I literally have these buttons labeled, and I still always hit the wrong one. There we go. (laughs) Ridiculous. Episode 40. Episode 40. We got 10 from 50. That was our goal. Yeah. And I, I truly believe we'll make it, Lord willing. Well, I don't know. People... Don't know what day we're recording this on. I don't know what day we're in September, but yeah, I don't think this comes out till maybe October. Yeah. But and you might not hear it because what are you telling me? September twenty third. Oh we're, yeah, the end times. Yeah, yeah we're so, we won't even be around. So there is a group. So of, all, all of you people who aren't saved yet, you're listening because <laughs> the rest of us have been raptured. So by this there point. is a a particular group of people um, that believe. That the end times are coming. It's a Jewish holiday that Rosh Hashanah and yeah, something like that. Yeah, something like that. I and grew up um, Pentecostal, so everything kind of sounds like that. And uh, <laughs> so um, I don't fully, I don't back it up, but it's a new thing, and it's been hitting like I guess Christian media, and people are saying this, and so yeah, September twenty third. We'll see what happens. Well, sometime between. The 17th or 18th and the 23rd for sure. That's what they say. So that's when we'll all be gone. I mean, I feel like there's a lot more that needs (laughs) to be fulfilled before that happens. I I literally even saw this morning on TikTok a video about, and I almost sent it to you, even though you don't have TikTok. Yeah. uh, About the star constellations. There's some female in the star constellation. Oh, yeah, I saw that, too. And then there's these stars at her feet, and then the 12 at her head, and it matches Revelation, and then there's this comet, and it's landed in her stomach or whatever of the yeah. star constellation. But the problem with that is it, like, happens every year or something like that, yeah. but it also is happening in September. People want to, I mean, it's clear as day that Jesus said no one will know the hour nor the angels. Nor even the sun. But what they the, they use Holy that Father. what's funny is that they're using that verse to say that this Rosh Hashanah thing actually means that, and that's why that's what that's ridiculous. And that is perfect segue into what we're talking about today. Yes, exactly. I'm super excited about this false um, prophets, false teaching. Talk a little bit about fruit. Yep, we got a few episodes here in a row that are all going to be tied together as we wrap up the series that we've been in. Yeah, so you want to, I guess, jump right into it. No time wasted. Matthew 7, talking about false prophets. Beware of false prophets. Verse, what, 15? Yep. Beware of false prophets who come disguised as harmless sheep. Ooh, anytime we have a sheep reference on this uh, this podcast, we're like, chills. (laughs) It was predestined. (laughs) Uh, but are really vicious wolves, and you can identify them by their fruit, that is, by the way they act. Can you pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? You know, never really have been a fig fig picker. A fig picker. (laughs) (laughs) Never been a fig picker, but uh, a good tree produces good fruit, and a bad tree produces bad fruit. Very, very understandable. A good tree can't produce good fruit, and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. So every tree that does not produce good fruit is chopped down and thrown into the fire. Yes, 
just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, so you can identify people by their actions. So, pretty straightforward to me. This this first portion about this false prophets, I know that, I know you have a lot of thoughts on it. I've seen so much of this in my day. A personal story that uh, comes to mind, and you know, maybe it's not a false prophecy. People are claiming to be prophets. People are claiming to be uh, some position. Well, I think first, what is a prophet? Like we should maybe say, um, what is a prophet? So I've always been taught that it's a, a messenger of from God, right? Yeah. So like uh, you see the prophets in the Old Testament; those were people who were chosen by God to bring forth a message for like for for God's yeah. to fulfill God's sovereign plan. So you know he would like Nathan, uh, Moses. He's like, go tell. These people, this is what I said, right? Yeah, the job of a prophet is essentially to proclaim the word of God. It's not always like foretelling. So often every time you think of a prophet, you're like, oh, that means somebody that's going to tell me, uh, somebody's going to tell me the future, right? They're going to like a fortune teller almost. That's how it's treated. I mean, I've been to, hey, there's a prophet coming because I did grow up in a charismatic background. Yeah. There's a prophet coming. We're going to see what he says. And I, while I was there, I witnessed, hey, you're coming this year. You will be coming into some financial wealth or whatever. Yeah. And, or you will be coming out of sickness. It was very good news. I'm still waiting on that wealth. <laughs> you know, I've experienced all that stuff. And, you know, sometimes it does happen, but it like, is that just a coincidence? What, what it, are these prophets true? These are people saying that, they're trying to tell you something that's going to happen. But that's not our understanding from Scripture. That's not our understanding of that's only the job of a prophet. The prophet proclaims the Word of God. So if a prophet exists today, they are proclaiming the Word of God. But I'm trying to remember what verse. Um, I don't have my phone on me. But uh, it is, you know, Jesus says, the Word of God used to come through the prophets. Yep. But now it's through the word of God yeah. or like through our you know Bibles, essentially. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like a, a lot of people want to take that title. Um, you see a lot of it today claiming to be prophets. And they're like, I'm a pro- I'm not a pastor. I'm a prophet. And, um, you know, it gets tossed around a lot. And I'm just like, you know, is so here's the thing. Is there a necessary? need for a prophet I, I feel like God's plan has been fulfilled right you know through through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ right so if that is you know fulfilling the prophecies uh all, what all the prophets were talking about Jesus comes forth dies and, and is resurrected and now we and now it's clear as day like go and tell the good news why would we need necessarily a prophet that is of like you know, in the in the definition of what we said with the Old Testament. Now, yeah. if you just want to, if you're saying, "Oh, I'm just proclaiming the word of God," well, then you're, you know, I look at it like you're a teacher. Um, I got it right here, I Hebrews one. Yeah, Hebrews one. I was trying to remember what it was. Go ahead. Long ago, God spoke many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets, and now in these final days, He has spoken to us through His Son. God promised everything to the Son as an inheritance, and through the Son, he created the universe. So everything is through the Word of God, mm-hmm. which is Christ. That So the need for the prophets isn't like it was, because the prophets were 
proclaiming the word of God, but they were a message from God, which ultimately is the foretelling of the coming Messiah. Yeah. And there's different ways people kind of like, some people will say, oh, when I say I claim to be a prophet, it's really like a glorified teacher, right? Um, but then, like, I think it's a slippery slope because, like, Muhammad in the Islamic yeah. religion claimed to be the last and final prophet of God, which we know to be false. Yeah, so some false prophets, the, the biggest false prophets maybe we can name off the top of our head, Muhammad, um, Joseph Smith. Jim Jones. <laughs> Jim, uh, what's the, uh, so you got Mormon and Jehovah Witness, uh, Charles. Oh, golly, are you talking about just, like, religions? Yeah, um, I'm, yeah, I'm. Thinking, I was thinking about all the cult creatures. Yeah, like people. Muhammad is Islam. You got Joseph Smith, which is uh, Mormons. Mormons, and then Charles, what's his name? I'm forgetting his name for Jehovah Witnesses, yeah. like false prophets. So they claim that they had a, di- a, a a direct revelation from God, yeah, and that they were the 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 sent to be prophet after Jesus, and that this was a a, a personal message. Uh, and they go as far to even write their own, doc- like, you know, writings, doctrines, and they bring forth this crazy, corrupt stuff. And that's uh, that's that's the that's right in your face, right? Um, what Jesus is talking about is something that is not to be taken over lightly. It's It speaks for itself, and it's clear as day. But also, it's like a good indicator of how to identify it, because it says they will be, they will, be disguised as harmless sheep, but are really vicious wolves. So there's going to, you know, we see the prophets that these false prophets that we talked about with other religions and things like that, that's right in our face. Yeah. But there are some false prophets slash teachers that are in our, like, you know, in our vicinity, like, you know, in, in the, in the church. Well, I know what you're saying, but Jehovah witness and, and Mormonism. Yes. Completely different. Those fall, he, though they believe they're in the Christian. Yes, but I, they're not. Yeah. it's a false prophet. They're yeah, like I, they're following a false prophet and a false prophecy. Yeah, just to make it clear, teaching. Mormons, Jehovah's Witness, like I love you and I'm praying for you, but like you are not. I don't believe that you are in the the Protestant. And church. we'll and we'll it, we'll hit that because I have a few markers of a false prophet. But, but as this, within what you're saying is within Christian within our understanding or like our branch of Christianity. Yes. That, we un- understand it's true biblical Christianity yes. that there are false prophets, false teachers, yes. people putting forward false messages, uh, disguised, mm-hmm. and they are and they are wolves among sheep. And uh, so, yeah, let's talk about it. I mean, because like it, it, that it, like when I just wanted to make sure that was clear because like they're gonna seem harmless. Yeah, and that's how I think it's kind of started and gotten us into this weird mess that we're in now with the whole progressive Christian movement. Is that these things started off as very harmless, mm. and oh, that's not a big deal. It's just a different way of looking at it, and that's not really concrete. And your dogma and legalistic ways are not the. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, what are we seeing now? We're seeing really, really confident people proclaiming a false teaching as truth yep. and go to this far to say that you Christians that hold on to doctrine, you don't even know what you're talking about. You really don't know mm-hmm. about Christ. And we talked about that uh, in the Are You an Idiot episode um, and some other episodes as well where we were talking about, like, that's dangerous. Like, this is a scary thing. Uh, so Deuteronomy 13 has this whole message essentially from God that false prophets are to be put to death. Yep. 
Because here's what false prophets do. They lead you to a false god. One of those false gods, or many of those false gods that we see in false teachings today are happiness, wealth, uh, pleasure. So I will teach you something that is tickles your itching ears. Second Timothy chapter 4, verse 3 talks about those who uh, you know, scratch the itch of your ears, essentially, where they tell you what you want to hear, and then so that becomes your false god. Your false god is God matches up to exactly what I want him to be. I want God to be a God that gives me wealth, mm-hmm. and so God does. I want God to be one that lets me uh, do whatever sexual pleasure I want to participate in because that's who I believe God is. I want God. I want a God that says I will always be happy at every moment of the day, and that's who I make God to be. I'm so glad that you brought that up because that tickling of the ear is a not only will it satisfy the audience that I'm teaching to, but then that will move me further ahead. And so what you're seeing is is this false teacher, um, that's the vicious wolf part, behind closed doors, he's he's in it for himself. Mm -hmm. He wants he wants this whatever narrative he has. Like I'm not, you know, uh, I don't know. I have some thoughts about the narrative, but I'll let you But so you know what I'm saying? Like it but it's also tickling the ears of your sin, your your flesh. Like I know that the flesh and the Holy Spirit are always in competition with that. If I say that this is going to be excused, then it will draw people in because like mm-hmm. that's our nature, right? You know, yeah. so it's like compromise. Yeah. And yeah. so it's it's really crazy. Uh so sometimes false teachers and prophets are merely just ignorant. That they're yeah. not malicious. Now uh what we are going to talk about is some of the malicious ones. Um, but typically, what I've seen is just complete ignorance and trying to force something into the text because maybe it's a blind spot of your own pride. Let's say you're a pastor and it's your own blind spot to you believe this because you want it to be true. And it's just merely your ignorance of the scripture. And you're forcing that eisegesis, you're forcing things into the text to make it meet what you want it to say. Mm-hmm. And so then you become a false teacher because you just are making, I mean, that's the biggest problem with eisegesis. Yeah, is it that really you is. are forcing your idea into the scripture. Now, yes, you have to interpret scripture sometimes. Yeah. It, it's not, I mean, so much of the Sermon on the Mount, we've said it over and over like it speaks for itself, speaks for itself. It is very clear, a lot of it, but there are texts where you have to, un- like, do a little more depth. Yeah, like, uh, like well, Jesus' parables. That's, a, right, that's yeah. a hard one. Not hard, but it is something that you just, you can read it for itself, and it will speak and stand for oh. itself, or you can dig a little bit deeper and get a good, clear context understanding of what, like, um, what this was saying. Or even, so you got the parables where those are, like, those do take <laughs> revelation of the Holy Spirit. Well, even the disciples, clarity. he would right, say, like, right. hey, do you understand what I'm saying? And they're like, we don't understand. <laughs> yeah. He's like, well, <laughs> you know, like, clarify. those who have ears, let them hear, right? Yeah. So there there does take some understanding that is only given by the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. And But then there's also these teachings where uh, I had one in mind, but I, I blanked out on what it was. Um, but there are teachings that people just do, and they don't think twice about it. So... Uh, the other side of it is that 
you have people who are prideful and they are desiring praise ultimately, and that is what they do. And sometimes I don't, I don't even know if they realize. Yeah, they don't even realize it themselves because I think somebody like just a really bad teacher, Mike Todd. If you ever heard of Mike Todd, he's very prevalent pastor, huge mega church pastor guy. But like, I watch uh, interviews with him, and it's like. Dude doesn't even know his Bible. Yeah. And he has one of the biggest churches. And so he might, I don't know if he's prideful or not because I don't know him personally. Yeah. But, and, uh, and I'm not questioning his salvation because that's not no, my judgment. Right, right. Because that's when we talk about not judging. So, um, but. But we're not does, seeing. Does he <laughs> desire praise? It definitely looks yeah. that way. Like he'll, he'll keep, like we're going to have the biggest church because he might say, look how it glorifies God that we got the biggest church, but really, what is your motive? That's what have we talked about in the past episodes. Yeah. What's your motive? So these teachers, it's like, or do they do things, you know, is it necessarily malicious? But the result of their actions is harmful to the sheep. Yeah, and so this is the thing, you know, you're probably listening and going, well, I like Mike Todd, you know, why? And like, how do you even know? Well, that's when it gets into the second section of this scripture where it's saying, you know, first of all, can you pick grapes from thorn bushes and figs from thistles? Right then and there, Jesus is saying like thorn bushes and thistles, they'll never produce fruit. Mm -hmm. Like they'll never have the capacity or the ability to ever produce anything good. So you'll never be able to produce fruit from there, right? And then he just leads into it. Pretty straightforward. A good tree produces good fruit. A bad tree produces bad fruit. And a good tree can't produce bad fruit. And a bad tree can't produce good fruit. So, like, you know, I was studying in on this, man. And I was like, we, I got led through studying to Mark 7. Where is it? It was, let's see. Just want to make sure I have my notes right. It was 715. So, in 715, um, he is... Basically, just to give you the context really quick, he's talking to the Pharisees. Notice that some of the disciples didn't wash their hands for the ceremonial. Like it's like a ceremonial Ew, thing with the Jews. Yeah, gross. well, like they <laughs> they have like a sacred way of doing it. Um, I believe they all had clean digits while they're munching. But well, <laughs> relative, relative. Not, they didn't have dial soap like we had today. Hey, look, anyway, I'm gonna say that the disciples <laughs> had the clean digits while they're eating. But anyways, so. They, they go into this whole thing, and the Jewish people, these Pharisees, call out, and they say, yo, like, we noticed that your guys can't even wash your hands. What does Jesus say right off the rip? You hypocrites. We already talked about that in our last episode. You hypocrites. Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. Uh, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship, their worship is a farce. Uh, is farce for they are teach man-made ideas and as God's uh, as commands from God. Mm -hmm. So right there, that was already like an indication. False teachers, right? These these people that added something added something to God's law. Right? I'm gonna start saying that if someone sees me like walk out of the bathroom without washing my hands, they'd be like, "You hypocrites! You hypocrites! <laughs> you don't know! You don't know but, the true God!" But so you know, he goes into this whole thing. He's going into a teaching section, but this was really where I, I kind of latched on and was like, wow. He said, and so he says, hey, all you listen and try to understand. And so in verse 15, he says, it's not what goes into your body that defiles you. You are defiled by what comes from your heart. Again, emphasizing on the heart. He says, 
Then Jesus went into the house to get away from the crowd, and his disciples asked him what he meant about the parable that he had just taught prior to, and you can go read it for yourself. So even the disciples are trying to say, hey, like, I'm trying to understand this. And he goes, do you not under, do you understand either, or don't you understand either? Can't you see that the food you put into your body can't defile you? Food doesn't go into your heart, but only passes through your stomach. And you're like, man, like, what? Okay, you're like, duh, that makes sense. But this is where it is at 20, later down the line. He says, and then he added, it, it comes from, it is what comes from inside that defiles you. From, for from within, out of a person's heart, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, wickedness, deceit, lustful desires, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. All these vile things come from within. They are what defile you. Mm-hmm. That's heavy, right? All, all of the uh, obese diabetics just <laughs> celebrated that <laughs> the food doesn't go into their heart. <laughs> but so that that's heavy, right? You're like, holy cow, like, Jesus just like went for the, the throat on this. And so I had to like sit there and kind of digest it. And so what can we take from this? We, we, you know, Jesus is pointing out fruit. He's pointing out the heart, the emphasis on the heart. And so, you know, what comes from your heart as a man is vile. It's, it's not good. Right. And so you're like, golly, man, that's hard. It's hard to take in. This is what I, the conclusion I came to just from using context and everything is that, Every word and every action is essentially the fruit from our heart, mm-hmm. right? And so you're seeing this, you're like, golly, like, I got bad fruit. It's like, so we know that bad hearts produce bad fruit. And so that's what a false teacher will have right there is what Jesus is pointing back to. Like a bad tree produces bad fruit. And he says a good tree can't produce bad fruit right but a bad tree can't produce good fruit Mm -hmm. right and so we just noticed that like he said in this section right here that in your heart like the heart of man these are vile things that's what defies you defiles you and so without the holy spirit without being filled like connected to jesus and him like um like working within you and producing fruit there's no capability of producing good fruit. There's a, st- a societal standard that says, oh, we're good people. He said nice things. But even those things are not good fruit mm-hmm. compared to what the Holy Spirit is able to produce, right? So I kind of was like, man, this is heavy. Like, how can I clear this up? Well, in John 15, he clears this up. I'm going to flip there really quick. What do you think about that, man? Is that heavy? Dude, I think you're spitting facts, and I'm not going to get in the way of it. (laughs) So I'm sorry. I'm taking over for a little bit, but I I definitely want you to comment on this. So we see that, like, I've always heard fruit. That was one thing that was new for me as a a new believer. Um, I grew up in the church, but I I didn't understand the fruit. Like, what does that mean? What does that do? So someone who has an an allergy to fruit. (laughs) Yeah, you can't even enjoy the— I can't even (laughs) enjoy the good fruits unless they're cooked. Yeah, so— Fruit. What is fruit? We've heard, you heard a lot of Christians say, I'm going to clear it up for you. Nine times out of 10, when we refer to fruit, we're talking about Galatians 5, the fruits of the Spirit. Yeah. Right? So we got love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness. Gentleness and self-control. Well, hold up. How are we supposed to be able to produce that? If Jesus just told the disciples all the things that come from a man's heart, are, and he lists off Mm. twice as many as what is right here of vile things, and that's what defiles you. 
It's like he clears this up in John 15. He says, hey, I'm the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener, right? And so he says he cuts off every branch that of mine that doesn't produce fruit. He prunes the branches that do bear fruit, so they will produce even more, right? So if we move down, he says in verse 5, he says, yes, I am the vine and you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. Mm. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Nothing. The vile things that he just listed off. That's yeah. a man's heart, right? Yeah. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned, which is literally what this uh, the Sermon on the Mount yeah, talks. Yeah, it says <laughs> that they're chopped down and thrown into the fire. Yep. So, but if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, verse 8 is something to take very, very to heart. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. Mm. This brings great glory to my Father. Like, I mean, come on. And he says in verse 11, he says, I told you these things so that you will be filled with joy. Yes, joy. Your, yes, your joy will overflow. Like, he is. So, you, let's just use context again. We have. This is not only a way to indicate false teachers, mm -hmm. but this is also a reality check for ourselves. Yeah, exactly. Like, are you producing fruit, right? Yeah. The only way, like, man's heart, we know, is where no one's without sin, right? And so hearing Jesus say, like, what is in a man's heart is very heavy to hear, but knowing and having confidence and trust and hope that, like, if I am a true disciple of Jesus and what did it say? Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much mm -hmm. fruit, right? So when you're connected to Jesus, you will produce fruit. You will produce fruit. Because right? the Holy Spirit is is working in you, not by your strength, but through the power of the through the power of God and the yeah, Holy Spirit. And I mean, even in uh in Philippians two, he says, um, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. So this is, if you, just to like give you the full clarity, if you are not rooted in Jesus, you have no capability of producing fruit. That's how you're going to notice a false teacher. Mm -hmm. These things are not going to be, you. they might seem harmless, but these actions, like I said, every action and every word is the the fruit of the heart, you're going to see things that are going to be like, hang on, like that doesn't line up mm -hmm. with the fruits of the spirit. That doesn't line up with a, a, a what Christ calls us to be as men. Yeah. And this teacher is saying some very far-fetched things, right? That's how you're going to be able to sniff it out. That's also, it's direct, this teaching is directed to teachers, but that's also something that you should hold a mirror up to yourself and you're like saying, okay, like I'm proclaiming this. Yeah. I am, I am saying these things that like, I love God with all my heart and I'm pursuing Christ, but behind closed doors, am I saying yeah. some things? Am I, is my actions really fruit? And then that's something in our next episode, we're going to talk about like being a true disciple and what true discipleship looks like. And that's going to be one of the, the things that we kind of identify. And what it says in verse 20 is that you identify a tree by its fruit. And then look at this. So you can identify people by their actions. Yeah. 
That's called judgment. <laughs> I mean, that's called judgment. And then we Boom. get to judge people by their actions. Now, not judging salvation. We we made it clear that we don't we don't judge people's salvation. But you can see who people are by the things that they do. Now, people can disguise uh, their heart by doing things out of the wrong motive, and that's something that we'll talk about more in the next episode. But and so then here's the so here's the thing. This is the reason we we're so excited to talk about this is because we want to equip you. We this mm-hmm. is that's what the whole thing is about being the black sheep. And so you're seeing that you can identify people by their actions, mm-hmm. right? We talk about being separate from culture that because it really does speak magnitudes. Does it say um, in this? Hey, like you can identify false prophets by going and having a conversation with them. Mm. Like, does it talk about false prophets and like? Uh, you know what's in their bank account, or what their status is, or how that what they do for a job, or anything like that. It literally says from their actions, like I can watch you do something from very, very far away, right? Yeah, that is one thing to notice of what a false teacher is doing, right? So, and I'll get into this in a second, but also you walking around Walmart or whatever. And you get frustrated with the cashier and you bless her nine ways to Sunday, right? You just give her the book of all the the, the bad words and, and everything. Right. That's an action that other people are going to be able to see and go, well, that's not fruit. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like that is crazy. Well, when, we, when we interviewed Jacob and asked him like for advice from a new pastor starting a church, it's like, what's your advice? He's like, uh, people are watching you, man. Like, yeah. and so you need to be that example. Um, not just the example for example's sake, right? Yeah. Not just being the example. Just so I'll win more people to Christ back like this. Like, no, this is we're talking about genuine heart change. And even when it talks about being an elder, like a being a teacher with the yeah. requirements of that, it's like you know, be a man of one wife, and then it it goes into this whole thing. He must not be a drunkard. He must love his family well. Like, there's things that um come from the heart that he would have the ability to do this, but also like his congregation is going to be watching. And once you take that step up to being a teacher, being an elder, that's not to be taken lightly. And now you have a magnifying glass on you. The word says that they're judged more harshly, which is one thing that always scared me about being in in these roles, even doing what we do, like judge more harshly by teaching the word. And we talk about false teachers, false prophets, um, it, it's like a trickle down. You really have to be, uh, pay attention to who it is you're listening to, who it is you're taking wisdom from. And yes, it like Jesus directly here is talking about false prophets, but this does, uh, trickle down and, and apply to be- all believers yeah. where, you know, you should be producing fruit. And I, as we kind of wrap up, I'll talk about false prophets and false teachers one like I think there's three major things like if you're at a church maybe you don't know like three things that you're looking for uh one would be what does what does this person say about Jesus yep who do they say he is and what do they say his purpose is yeah if someone says that Jesus is not God false teaching yeah like denial of the trinity that that is like major red flag uh as a Bible-believing Christian, we're saying that Jesus is God. His purpose was to atone for the sin of mankind and that he loves us and was willing to die of his own fruition uh, and that he is the third person of the triune God. Um, 
any church or teacher that's saying something different than that, they're wrong, they're false teachers, they're false prophets. The second thing is, do they preach the gospel? Okay, so I just mentioned part of it. Do they preach the gospel? Do they mention that Jesus died? A lot of people, a lot of teachers tell you that Jesus died. Some, Not all of them tell you that Jesus rose, which is actually the good news. Yeah. But do they teach the full gospel? Jesus came. He, he was God. He came to earth. He died, was buried. On the third day, he rose. He atones for the sin of believers. And that, here's the full gospel, it is by faith, yeah. through God's grace that you are saved, not through your works. Absolutely. If any church is teaching that, your works are the action that saves you. Now, we we in the next episode we'll talk a little bit more about like response essentially and action. There is action with your faith, like that's how your faith is shown. But if anybody is teaching you that be beyond trusting in the sacrifice of Christ, that salvation comes through you doing uh good deeds or any type of works or certain repetitions of prayers or anything like that, if they're adding to the gospel, that is false teaching. Yeah. And then the third thing is a teacher, what's their character? Yeah. Does their character match Christ? Does their character match, exude the fruits of the Spirit? Now, me as a teacher, me as have been a pastor, do I always exude these characteristics yeah. 100% <laughs> of the time? No. We're sinners. But... <laughs> I have a good reputation. Mm-hmm. People around me would say, you know. Above reproach. I'm above reproach that generally I don't do these things. Yes, I'm a flawed human. They've probably seen me do some of these things. They've probably seen me not be gentle. They've probably seen me uh, not necessarily be kind. They've probably seen me not be patient. But they know that my goal is to be like Christ and uh if I ever get called out on these things, that I'm willing to accept it and turn. And one of the biggest things about the these um, characteristics of Christ is the self-control. Do you have self-control? Yeah. Man, I the biggest thing that I see about false teachers and false prophets is they have no self-control. Yeah, very They impulsive. are just like all over the place, say the craziest things, do the craziest things, spit in people's faces and yeah. call it godly and like all these different wild things and, and so that's some things you should look for and i mean i think i wish i didn't have to emphasize <laughs> on this but i felt like it was clear the gospel stands for itself man you do not have to spice it up yeah you do not have to you're not super spiritual just because you uh, said that these things are in addition to the yeah, gospel. Like, you, the gospel is good enough on you, its own. Yeah, like, you don't have to try to crack the code and find something that, an angle that no one's talked about. And I get it. It could come from a place of excitement. Where, I spoke in tongues, so I, now I'm a little more spiritual yeah, than you and it's are. Like, I, like, oh, well, I've never, you know, I've, I know everybody thinks of it this way, but I'm going to come at it this way because, like, that'll really get the people going. And it's mm-hmm. like, that is dangerous. I have a special knowledge that about is, this passage that, that is, you just can't see. If you are, if, here's the thing, man. If the fathers of the church collectively have agreed that this is the teaching of the word, and then some far out guy comes in and he goes, hey, 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 I'm, I found out something. <laughs> I know something. 
there's a reason why many people don't go down that trail is because it is a false teaching. Right. It is not and That's supported. what the Gnostics were doing and, mm-hmm. and still do today where you have, I know there's some type of extra knowledge or some type of extra special thing that you're missing out on and I'm just here to inform it. And because it can't be as simple as trusting in, sac- in the sacrifice of Christ for your sins. There has to be some extra element of extra spirituality yeah. that makes you extra Christian. Yeah. And that's what we see people falling One into. thing um, my dad has said to me, shout out Pops, I love you, man. Um, it was a clear thing about the Bible. I used to be like, man, I want to dive in. I want to know so much. And he goes, hey, look, the Bible is so simple and so straightforward that a, you could read it to a child and he'd understand the gospel. Mm-hmm. But then it is so complex and so in-depth that you can read it over and over again and still find something new that the Lord's pointed yeah. out to you. And that is the beauty of God's word. But it is not up to me to to try to change it into something that we're supposed to conform, conform to the word not the word conformed to us, mm-hmm. not conform. We come on this podcast, we we pray and are, are very, very, um, have a fear of the Lord saying like, we're not going, we, let's make sure we're not doing what Wes and Connor wanted to say. Yeah. We're doing what the scripture says for itself, gathering other scripture so it can speak to you, not by what Connor thinks it sh- should say, but what, what God taught on the Sermon on the Mount and so on and forth and other scripture. I think that is something that is, um, it does, it, it's not like it weakens the word or anything. It's, it, it actually strengthens it because it's been the same for thousands of years and still has gotten the message across of who God is. We're not trying to give you something new. We're actually trying to give you something really old and really um, constant. Yeah. So God is constant. His word is constant. It's unchanging. God is unchanging. God is unwavered. And that's like really good news about who God is. Mm-hmm. And when we go to the Bible, we're looking at something that has been constant in a world that is chaos. full of <laughs> chaos and inconsistencies. Chaos, lies, and inconsistent. And God's word is perfect constant and true right it's just it's let it stand for what it is and um yeah like and pursue christ like that was one thing is that he's saying like we're wrapping up but pursue christ dive into this thing man like he's jesus made it easy and he says like later in that uh in, in john 15 or in john he's saying like Hey, look! Like I'm telling you these things, so you it'll bring you joy. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. when you produce much fruit, like you really are true disciples, and you bring glory to my Father. And like, if you remain in me and I in you, you'll produce much fruit, man. That is so comforting to know that God cares about me and knows the what is really in my heart, and is His Holy Spirit is working within me. And is able to produce fruit. That makes that is gives me the ability to love my wife better, love my kids better, um, love my friends and family. Like be be a better person in in society. Like I am not capable of doing these things mm-hmm. by my own stance. Right. Like that is all these like all these things are only from Christ. Yeah, my desire. 
you know, as if I'm if I'm living in sin, then my desire is to be of the flesh, not mm-hmm. to be of do, producing the fruit of, of God. And these false prophets, um, it's hard to discern sometimes. Yeah. That's why you need to. It's good to have other people to speak in into your into your life. You be discerning about that. Pray for wisdom. Pray for discernment. That's one of the biggest things that the Bible says to pray for. Amen. Ask for wisdom, and you, it'll be given to you. If you're like, hey, I think one of these teachers I listen to is a false teacher. Ask a few people, mm-hmm. um, but also like think, uh, is are you the like one of the that you're one of a hundred people listening to this guy, but like thousands of other uh, Christians have been like, uh, no, nah, that's not true. Like, uh, you should pause and question. Yeah, you know. And so we're not here to call out a list of names, even though that would be fun. That was I was <laughs> I was excited to be like, oh man, but like that's that is not my place. Um to put that idea in your head, what I do say is any teacher you're listening to, line them up next to the Bible. Yeah. Right? Line it up and see. There's clear. There's clarity in what is expected of a teacher, what is expected What is expected of a disciple, what the fruits of the Spirit are. Like, I mean, that's why Jesus said it so simply. A good tree produces good free, uh, fruit. A bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree has no cap- can't produce good fruit. Uh, can't produce bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot produce good fruit. That's it. Yep. Don't make it more complicated. And so you know what a good tree does? They leave a good review yeah. on Apple and Spotify. Please. <laughs> hey, thanks, guys, for listening. We're looking forward to the next uh, few episodes as we kind of wrap this series up. And um, what we really want you to do is uh, just take it to heart and cause it to, like you said, a mirror. Look into the mirror mm-hmm. and say, what do I believe? Who am I following? You know, mm-hmm. who am I listening to? Uh, am I listening to people other than those 99 black guys? That's terrible. You need to only listen. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, be careful who you're listening to and be in your word so you can discern. You cannot expect to just listen to teachers only, listen to podcasts only, yeah, and then be like, I know my Bible. Dude, no, you need to be in that personal relationship in your word. And uh, it'll bless you greatly. So, thanks so much for listening. Episode 40. We did it. Yeah. Hoorah. Anyways, we'll see you next week as you are equipped to be the black sheep of culture. (laughs) 